Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Double Twist, and I'm sure some others as well. Thank you once again for joining me today. The Minnesota Wild, well, they wrap up the new year with, uh, well, wrap up the old year, wrap up 2019 with a 1-2 record, unfortunately. Uh, Things were going okay. Colorado game exciting. New York was about what we expect, and then the Toronto game, I guess, kind of how New Year's have gone. So again, like I just said, a one and two record to wrap up 2019. But we're still in the mix, so to speak. We're still in the hunt, the playoff hunt, this and that, or the Brad Hunt or whatever it was. Brad Hunt was hunting for a goal in the Islanders game. He hit the post at least twice, maybe three times it felt like. I don't know, but we'll start off with the 27th, December the 27th again. Hope all of you had a Merry Christmas, of course. I did talk about that in the last episode because it was already passed. I hope all of you had a Happy New Year and everything. Hope uh, you stayed safe, you stayed smart, blah, blah, blah. Used gum and zeds, all that good stuff. Yeah, me, just kind of low-key, like I like to be. That's just how I am. I'm a low-key type of guy. I'm not, a, I don't party, I don't do any of that stuff. Never really was interested in it, but if you are, that's your choice. Uh, New Year's can be fun, it can be this, it can be that. It doesn't have to be too wild or crazy. Unfortunately, the wild were... I don't know. They were just flat out outplayed by Toronto. That's just all there is to say. Such an encouraging win in Colorado. I basically picked the Wild to lose to Colorado, lose to New York, and beat Toronto. So I had a 1-2 and two record going in, but you have Toronto and Colorado flip-flop, basically. Um, I figured the Wild would score some goals at Colorado, but I thought Colorado would over, over just outplay the Wild and kind of finish things out. I don't know. Toronto game, very depressing, actually. 27th, I actually was at my friend Paul's house on this day. Uh, kind of old school, uh, good memories. We've seen many classic games, uh, both Game 7s with the Colorado Avalanche on the postseason that were very dramatic back-and-forth battles. This one very, very, very much reminded me of the 2014 Game 7 in Colorado. It actually really did. Unfortunately, not nearly as meaningful, but still, wow, very dramatic. Lots of shots on net and all that. Devin Dubnik faced 44 shots. He stopped 40 of them. I swear the guy complains after every goal given up. Like, he thinks something's going on. Somebody's in the crease. A high stick on the first one. That one was close. 
That one could have gone either way, quite frankly, but that was after the Wild had already taken a 2-0 lead. Carson Soucy's nice little rifle shot, Fiala and Greenway able to get assists on that one, but uh, nice quick release on Soucy with a great angle. The guy can score goals, he can play strong, solid defense. Unfortunately, poof, boy, <laughs> he looked he looked bad on a couple goals in uh, on the upcoming games, but it, it's okay. It is what it is. You get beat. Oh, it was in the Islanders game. Man, oh man, that was a tough one. But it is what it is. Uh, Eric Stahl got his 15th goal of the season. The Minnesota Wilds, uh, one all-star representative, at least so far, is Eric Stahl. And the other one will be possibly at least a last-ditch effort for uh, Ryan Suter, the last man up or last man standing, so to speak, vote. So I guess vote for Ryan Suter if you want. Of course, I'm sure most Minnesota Wild fans would love to see two all-stars in the all-star game. I'm glad it's not a goalie because, yeah, every time you get a goalie in the All-Star game, they get like 9 billion shots on, on net and 9 billion goals allowed. And I swear they get mentally fried in those games. I, it's not worth it. I wouldn't want to have your goalie in the All-Star game. So at least we don't have to worry about that. Uh, Dubnik has been solid, but certainly not great. He was in net in every one of the games, which concerns me a little bit. You start thinking, here we go again. It's going to be Dubnik like 90% of the time again, like it was the last five years. And that's why the guy's burnt out not as good as it used to be. Um, boy, the guy is a competitive son of a gun, and he, he does get upset after every single goal. <sighs> it's not surprising. Uh, I thought Brad Hunt has played very, very well, but again, he looked kind of embarrassed on a goal along the way as well. Cross-ice pass, uh, cross-ice pass in a uh, future game. But uh, this one, very, very, very nice, solid effort. He did get a power play goal in the game. Very accurate shot. Uh, love what he's been doing out there, that rifle shot. Very accurate. He's been getting it through multiple defenders. Uh, the Landeskog goal, that's the one. That's the one. That's really the guy. He looked like Mario Lemieux. Uh, it's like I'm blanking here on which, which goal it was because there were so many uh, plays this past week. But the Landeskog goal, he looked like Mario Lemieux against, what, what was it, Shane Sherla? I can't even, no, Sean Chambers. Uh, Sean Chambers, years ago for the Minnesota North Stars in the Stanley Cup Finals. I think that was game two. Just, oh my God, just split both defenders. In this case, it was the defensemen that have probably been outplaying everybody this season. Uh, so it was kind of disappointing. Susie and Jonas Brodeen. But Landis Cog was almost like, what the hell can you do? I mean, it was an unbelievable play. Literally just split both defenders and then had the hesitation, forced Dubnik out of the net, and then he wrapped around him on the play for his ninth goal of the season. The guy should have like 50 goals this year with a goal with a play like that. He literally, again, he looked like Mario Lemieux. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was like that game two goal. It, it was. It wasn't as spectacular as that one. So don't get me wrong. I mean, but it was like a, let's just say a poor man's version of it. It was a spectacular play. I'll give him credit. Much as I don't like Landis Gog, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, you're probably not a big fan of Landis Gog unless he suits up for Minnesota. And I wish he would. Uh, I wish the Wild could get Landis Gog, but probably not going to happen anytime soon or ever. Maybe when he's 38. That's pretty much typical Minnesota sports uh, luck when we acquire big name players. Whether 38 or 35 or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, luckily, we did get Eric Stahl at a fairly reasonable age. He's already 35 now, but again, returning to the All-Star game. A bit of a back-and-forth game for Minnesota and Colorado. Again, the uh, the Brad Hunt goal put the Wild up 3-2 to two after Lannis spectacular play. Next thing you know, Nathan McKinnon's finding the back of the net. And Megar, again, adding his 21st assist of the season. That guy's really been a, uh, you know... He's he's the future best defenseman in hockey, probably. He is. He's the next Brent Burns or whatever. 
but probably better than Brent Burns defensively, I'm thinking. But uh, certainly provides the spectacular offense as well. Mekar has just been unbelievable. Kale Mekar, he has been spectacular. Uh, not fun for me, of course. Uh, nice to see Matt Dumba getting a rare assist as he's been just so quiet this year. He's just dying for a goal. It'd be such a big game changer for him if he could finally find the back of the net again. Brad Hunt's been finding the back of the net, that's for sure, and at least and he's been hitting posts as well during the course of this week. I thought very uh, strong week for Brad Hunt, generally speaking, at least on the offensive side. Defensively, he's been adequate, but you know, I mean, some of the goals were just, it's its tough. It's tough. They got, they just got beat. You know, you could tell the other guy was the better player, whoever it was, for New York. And of course, Gabriel Andeskog was just the better player between, uh, you know, Susie and Brodine as well. Uh, Calvert added his, had a multi-goal game. Uh, Matt Zuccarillo ended up getting his 10th goal of the year off the rebound from a Jonas Brodine shot. That was a beauty. Ended up tying the game up after Calvert had a scared Early in the third period, you figured, okay, well, we had a nice run, but Colorado's going to pull away now and probably win this 5-6-3, to three, something like that, empty net, whatever the hell it is. But it ends up going the other direction after that significantly. Minnesota would score the next three goals, including Ryan Suter's empty netter. For you, Larrick got another rare point on that one, so good for him. If you got to get a point, you got to get it. Victor Rask, very clutch play uh, uh, later on. Ended up getting being unassisted on this one. Nice move, nice hesitation, quick release on the shot, nice wrister, hit the post a little bit, but good enough. That's all that matters. I mean, it's a post and goes in, a really big-time goal, a big a big, a big goal scorer's goal. Only his fourth of the year, but definitely his best, without a doubt, and a second game winner of the season. So pretty crazy to think 50% of his goals have been game winners. Again, just two of them, but you get the idea. Uh, nice, good job by Victor Rask, and he's been the kind of guy who... You know, you're you're not going to sit him down. Again, you'll keep saying it until you're blue in the face. $4 million for a uh, fourth-line center is expensive, but at least he's a damn good fourth-line center. You know, at, at least he's that. Maybe third-line, whatever it is, but I don't know. He's, he's, he's here for now, and he's doing a good job. You know, give him credit. At least he's filling his role very, very nicely. He's definitely got a, a number of assists on the season as well, but this was a hell of a play. Again, Suter added the uh, dramatic, no, Suter added the empty netter, which made us all feel good. Uh, Jewel Erickson ended up getting the assist because he won the faceoff clean, absolutely clean, and then Suter just let it let it fly. Unbelievable accuracy for these guys. Uh, obviously, Suter's accuracy, uh, John Tavares' accuracy with uh, Toronto. I mean, my God, I don't know how, I don't even know how. I mean, it's unbelievable how skilled these players are. It's just ridiculous how accurate they are from such a long distance. I know it's a net and it's big, but still, the accuracy. I mean, it's like right down the middle most of the time for these guys from like, you know, the other blue line, the other blue line, or even further back in Tavares' case. I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I can't believe the accuracy of some of these guys. And it is what it is. Uh, but uh, great, great, fun, entertaining Friday night hockey game. Again, I felt a lot like Game 7. A lot of emotional back and forth in the game. Goals being scored left and right. Francis was was solid for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, but not good enough down the stretch. Again, I mean, he had some big saves, but the Wild just came out to play. To me, that's what really mattered the most. The Wild came out to play in this game, and that's what made it so much fun. Because Colorado was still very much Colorado. It's just the Wild were so ready to play in this game. They ended up being the better team against a team that outscores everybody in the league. It's the top-scoring team in the NHL, a very legitimate uh, Stanley Cup contender in Colorado, uh, very much. 
Not sure what's going to happen in the postseason because they always seem to find a way to choke it away. I've been noticing. <laughs> and it is what it is. I've been noticing. Everybody's been noticing. Uh, maybe we'll play them in the first round again, and it'll be very dramatic. Uh, the Wild have lost a playoff series to Colorado, and that's when we were favored. So whoever the favorite is, they end up losing. So maybe the, we can beat Colorado again in the postseason. The Wild were actually favored that year, which is really kind of sad and funny at the same time. Um, that was frustrating. God, that was frustrating. We were, it was the first time we were favored in a series, uh, basically. Well, except Anaheim. And, of course, we lost that one, too. The Western Conference Finals going all the way back to 2003. The Minnesota Wild were favored, and they end up getting swept right out of there. And they finally scored a goal in Game 4. Yay. <laughs> I mean, getting swept. Very depressing situation there. But uh, good, solid overall game for the Wild. Player after player picking up points. Uh, feels good for Hunt. Guys like Hunt, obviously Brodeen even getting the assist there. Dumba desperately needing that one. Susie getting that beautiful goal. Gotta love that. Parisi just continues to pile up points, and he continues to get passed up for the All-Star game, which is really sad. I, I feel bad for him. A couple of assists in this one when he'd been way more in the goal department during the course of the season. Conan and Greenway continue to chip away with the Geek Squad. Uh, those guys have been just wonderful. Uh, you finally got to see Kwebu come back later in the week. So that meant Nico Sturm going back to Iowa. And uh, for the sake of, <laughs> for the time when Miko and Nico are still on both still members of the Minnesota Wild. I'll try to go with their last name if I can, because Miko, Nico, okay, come on. Other than young Nico and old Miko, that's the only way you can hardly tell the difference. I mean, it almost sounds exactly the same, so I'm going to try to do my best to say the whole name, Nico Sturm, Miko Koivu, or just their last name, if humanly possible. <laughs> I was listening to the most recent uh, Russo Sue and he just kept going back and forth with Miko, Nico, Miko, Nico, and it's like, I can't imagine. that It's got to drive people crazy. It's, you know, it's got to drive people crazy. You know, sometimes it may be obvious, yeah, the captain, but he's not going to use the word the captain that often. So I'll do my best to either say the full name or just the last name, if humanly possible, because, well, I mean, they're both solid defensive centers, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, Sturm, Koivu. Yeah, simple, right? It is what it is. It's just kind of funny when, uh, when Russo kept doing that. <laughs> Miko, Nico, and he kept saying them back and forth. Oh, made me laugh a little bit, but what a fun freaking game, Friday the 27th. So then we go to the 29th, Sunday evening after the Vikings did not beat the uh, Chicago Bears, but of course they weren't really trying in that one. I mean, they were trying as they can. The defense, I thought, played well. The offense was what it was, you know, a bunch of backups. The defense was a bunch of backups as well, so good luck to the Minnesota Vikings in New Orleans. Uh, that's what it was. So then you follow up with this game with the New York Islanders. Minnesota did score first in this one. Nice, uh, situation where you're just whacking, whacking away, and you end up scoring, it ends up paying off. It seems like 90% of the time, 95, 99% of the time, it never works out. The puck ends up getting frozen, the whistle blows, and it's a face-off, or, or, you know, at least close by, so you still got a chance. Face-off in the offensive zone, blah, blah, blah. But Ryan Donato ended up getting his eighth goal of the season. Chipping away, chipping away, and you thought, okay, wow, we're actually ahead of the New York Islanders in this game. Brad Hunt would hit the post time and time again. Very accurate shots, but they just didn't finish, unfortunately for him. Disappointing at the end of the day in that sense. It's not like he was bad, but it just kind of is what it is. Um, it just kind of is what it is on that one. Oh, they were good shots, but they just ended up hitting the post and not going in. So heartbreaking there. Brad Hunt definitely played a hell of a game, I thought, other than, again, the Matt Martin Goal. Oh, it is what it is there. Ryan Pollock would score first, though. Again, a scoreless 
second period. I think the Wild were up one nothing for two periods in this game. Again, fairly late in the first period, so we'll just say like a period and a half or so. And then finally, the New York Islanders get on the board, much to everybody's frustration. And you knew we were going to be in trouble then. The Islanders can score, but not at a high level. It's the goaltending and the defense. Just a rock-solid defensive team are the New York Islanders, and they're not even in first place in their division because they're competing with the Capitals. So it is what it is. The Metropolitan Division's a toughie this season, at least. It's kind of been all over the place over the years. Sometimes you get like a second-place team with like they're barely above 500. They might have like a record like the Wild, but uh, well, it shows how tough the Central Division is as well with our record. We're a few games above 500, but we're fifth place and, you know, on the outside looking in. So no wild card for the Minnesota Wild at this stage, but we have been one of the best teams in the NHL since about November 4th, and we're the top-scoring team in the NHL since November 4th. We're we're the Colorado Avalanche, but uh, we certainly weren't the Colorado Avalanche against the Islanders or the Toronto Maple Leafs, though. Uh, the Islanders, just strong, solid defense, a little bit of bad puck luck, per se, with Brad Hunt, and next thing you know, New York Islanders took advantage and finished us off in the, the third period there. Third period, as uh, Jacques Lemaire would say. The Matt Martin goal, it kind of was what it was. I mean, Brad Hunt just got kind of beat. He just got kind of beat. Uh, Dumba was wherever he was, kind of try as they might, back-checking, so to speak. Beautiful pass by Leo Kamarov over to Matt Martin. That was a beautiful pass, a good, solid, again, it was, a, it was just an NHL goal. Uh, a couple guys who barely ever score, they're the fourth line for the New York Islanders. Letty ended up getting his 13th assist again. And this team has so many Minnesota ties on it. It's unbelievable. Uh, and some of them have come and gone over the years as well. Again, like uh, uh, Bouchard and such. And the former Gopher player, which I, I don't even want to talk about him. <laughs> just, you know, he's been a disappointment overpaid for what he's been. Uh, Nick Letty, uh, you know, he's had his moments, of course, the worst trade in, in uh, probably the worst trade in Wild history. Obviously, you got Ken Barker, who did a whole lot of nothing from the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. He was a top four pick for the Blackhawks. I think he was third overall. Ended up being a disappointment. The Wild ended up trading Nick Letty and uh, I don't even know, some backup goalie, whatever. <laughs> I didn't know. I remember who it was, but I just, who cares? He never amounted to anything. But Letty ended up being a decent player. Not great. I think Gleddy's disappointing, too, for where he was picked and the, the, how he was touted, but he had some good moments for the uh, Blackhawks and the Islanders and all that. But no, at the end of the day, this was a pretty damn good play for a couple of fourth-liners. It looked like a classic goal, a beautiful pass by Kamarov. And Mad Martin, Matt, I just called him Mad Martin. It might as well be Matt Martin ends up finishing for only his third goal of the year. But it looked like a couple of guys who, you know, rack up some points. But uh, maybe that'll be a confidence booster for them, for the New York Islanders. And if their fourth line ends up playing like that, they're going to be damn good heading into the uh, heading into the postseason and such. Because you're going to need goals from whoever you can heading into the postseason, of course. Duh. But a big-time play and kind of embarrassing. Kind of uh, beat badly Brad Hunt and uh, Matt Dumba on that one. And then Tom Kanarki. Kanhakal, Kanhakal, I don't even know how to say that one. Getting his first goal of, the, of his season at the end of the day. Uh, Brock Nelson getting that. Uh, that. This was about two and a half minutes left. Not empty net either. Just disappointing finish. Minnesota Wild had the empty net and nothing was going. The Islanders just kind of took this one away from Minnesota and highly outplayed the Wild in that third period. Definitely a disappointment. Varlamov, um, obviously solid in net, but again, the the post was the goalie's best friend in this game. Otherwise, the Wild could have easily been up 3 nothing. I think, with uh, Brad Hunt's nice uh, shot attempts in this one. Sad for him. He didn't end up getting a goal at all. 
and he ended up getting no goal in the game, and again had that embarrassing goal against. Then ended up tying this. Uh, no, I ended up getting the giving the Islanders the two to one lead, which ended up being the game winner. So, ah, it is what it is. Definitely a lot of uh, back and forth, block shots, and this and that. Awesome defensive effort from both clubs, but the Islanders ended up being the better team at the end of the day on Sunday, December the 29th. Well, let's get, into, let's get to the New Year's Eve game, and, well, Bruce Boudreaux summed it up best that the Wild just did not come out with it. With, with the, they did not match the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs energy whatsoever in this game. Toronto was, uh, you know, young, excitable team coming out, ready to rock and roll. They have one good young star after another on this club, and then middle to young star and John Tavares, who had a million attempts in this game, or a million opportunities to score, and he finally did on the empty net. Austin Matthews, big-time play from William Nylander. That was a spectacular pass. I mean, it was better than the fourth-liners of New York Islanders, but similar, so a similar type of play, just going in the opposite direction. Again, kind of a centering pass, semi-centering pass for a quick one-timer for Austin Matthews, his 27th goal of the season. Minnesota wouldn't score until midway through the second period, which, again, you're still in the game. 3-1 to one and everything. Suter with a beauty, absolute beauty, uh, accurate shot there. Uh, he's He's been solid. And this was us on the power play, and Miko Koivu made his return for Minnesota in this game, and he did get an assist on the power play. It's just funny seeing all these old, old, old players still on the power play, but it kind of is what it is. Uh, some of the young guys get out there once in a while, but a lot of them haven't really taken the reins in that case. But Fiala's definitely been on the power play most of the time, which makes you feel good, at least in the second pairing, her second power play group, so to speak, second unit as they like to say, uh, on occasion. So, nice to see Fiala end up getting yet another point. But at the end of the day, and not a good effort for Minnesota at all. Toronto just kind of toyed with us, I'd have to say, in this game. Minnesota did not match the energy of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs at all, uh, whatsoever. They have good players up and down. I mean, you know, you got Spezza on your, your third line. Jason Spezza, who used to be like a top type of player, top line, top six, at least, type of player. He's been, uh, you know... He's had a long, long, long career. They have solid veterans. They have good players. Hopefully uh, now they'll be happier with their current coach, and we'll see what happens if Toronto can finally end their drought because we're talking 1967. Now I have the exact year again. Going all the way back to the end of the original six because it became the, the second six right after that. So yeah, they won the Cup in 67, and then once the uh, second six came in, that's it for Toronto winning the Stanley Cup. It's pretty remarkable when you think about that uh, exact number there. Uh, kind of like how the St. Louis Blues went to the Cup Final two years in a row to open up the season, or open up their franchise history, excuse me, and end up never going back until, you know, until they finally won it all last spring. So last summer, early summer, late spring, whatever it was, uh, last June, great effort by St. Louis, of course, and I think they're very much in the mix to win it again. Eight points ahead of Colorado. Wow. But we'll see. I've always kind of hoped for a, back in the day, you know, I always kind of hoped for a Toronto and St. Louis Stanley Cup final. I was actually always hoping for that, if long as, you know, like if we're not going to make it, because back in the day, in the early days of Brave the Wild, we were never in the mix. We were never in the postseason. We we made mediocre signings, mediocre trades, and it was like we were always kind of, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th place in the conference, so we weren't even making the postseason. So I was like, we'd love to see Toronto, St. Louis in the final sometime. Uh, which could happen this year. You never know. You never know. Boston and Washington definitely have uh, something to say. New York Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins, even Carolina. They have an unbelievable goal differential. Crazy to think they're just the seventh seed right now in the uh, Eastern Conference, and they're hanging on to that by a point. 
Philadelphia has been pretty good. Thanks to Ron Hextall. <clears throat> Ron Hextall, yes. Ron Hextall's patience and then Chuck Fletcher kind of capitalizing on that. But, well, that's kind of how that goes. Vegas is now in first place again in the Pacific, but barely. So we'll see what happens. Edmonton barely hanging on to a uh, playoff berth. One point lead over their arch rival Calgary Flames over in the Pacific Division. So that's going to be fun to keep up with the next uh, several, you know, <laughs> the next several several weeks and into the, you know, and see what happens there. But uh, Toronto, clearly the better team. Uh, Frederick Anderson, definitely solid in the game. But Toronto dominated the puck the entire night. It was kind of a, it was just a meh game. I mean, it's fun to watch because you like Toronto. You like their skill. You like how, you like how they play, blah, blah, blah. But it's depressing as a Minnesota Wild fan watching them just kind of skate around us. They look like, you know, they, they're starting to look like the Blackhawks a little bit. And I mean the Stanley Cup Blackhawks. So, again, watch out for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That coaching change just might have been what they needed. Some, sometimes that's all it is. They're starting to look like the Chicago Blackhawks. And remember how I talked about the Blackhawks way back in 2010? Because, yes, Brave the Wild is that old. I was like, this team's going to win a Stanley Cup really soon. Uh, you could see it. And what happened? They won the Cup and they won two more. Toronto is going to win a Stanley Cup. They are going to win a Stanley Cup. I, I absolutely feel it. Uh, you can you can see it coming. This, this, this is the next Chicago, I think, possibly. They're going to win more than one Cup, I think. Maybe that's a bold prediction, but I think they're going to win multiple Cups. I, I, I do. Uh, see, when, when the drought ends, it ends. Because the Blackhawks hadn't won the Cup since, you know, the ancient, like the 50s, right? Or was it the early 60s? It was way, way, way back. So there's something magical about these original six teams. When they finally win a cup again, then they might win multiple. Uh, Boston has been in, in the mix many times since they got back in 2011. Um, unfortunately for them, they barely didn't win the last couple of times they went in. Chicago and, uh, of course, St. Louis claiming cups in those situations. But I think Toronto is going to be that next original six team that's going to win at least one, maybe two or three cups in the next few years. Watch out for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm telling you, this they're, they're the next Blackhawks. I can see it. They looked like the Blackhawks. You know, that, that elite group of players, that, that top six group, looks it scares the hell out of me. And again, solid solid bottom six. And of course, you know, decent goaltending. You know, good, good enough. You know, good enough in Frederick Anderson. He's not a bad goalie. He's not a great goalie. He's good enough. He's, he's he's a goalie. He's a starting goalie. That's basically what Frederick Anderson is, and that's my take on the Toronto Maple Leafs and all that. Wow, this ended up being longer than I thought. I'm, I apologize, but, eh, you know, hopefully it's good conversation for you. Just giving out a prediction. The uh, Mike Madonna Award for the past week? Hmm. It's, it's, it's always tough. I think Brad Hunt had a good, solid week, getting the puck on net, a couple, couple points here and there. I... I'm leaning towards Kevin Fiala. I, I just love what he's been doing. He's got the energy. He's always finding his... He's, he's, he's always finding a way to get on the scoreboard one way or another, and he has just been a part of things. Uh, he's, help, he's getting helpers. He's providing the energy. And he's even playing good, solid defense as well, keeping the puck in the zone here and there. My number one complaint right now in these losses, and I didn't even talk about this, and I was planning on it. I should have written it down. I was going to, and I didn't. The, I mean, a lot of these goals by Toronto and even uh, New York, Colorado, you could go on forever. Why isn't Dubnik freezing the puck more often? It's just driving me crazy. Sometimes you just got to freeze the puck. It seems like he just bobbles it around. And I don't know if it's rustiness or what, but it's always kind of been that way. But it seems worse than ever. 
a lot of the goals given up have been that way, where the puck could have been frozen, and that goal wouldn't have, you know, the puck would have never crossed the line. So extreme frustration for me at the end of the day in those situations. Um, so, again, the Mike Madonna Award is going to go to Fiala. The James Shepard Memorial, it's just kind of in general... I don't want to bash Dubnik, but I don't like the way he doesn't freeze the puck. It's just driving me crazy. And obviously, he's always got a huge complaint to the ref after pretty much every goal, this and that. I don't want to bash on Dubnik. I really don't. It's just still, I find it a kind of frustrating. I, I'm frustrated with how the puck isn't getting frozen. And it's not always his fault, obviously. Sometimes the defenseman clear the damn puck out. Uh, you know, you're just getting outworked every effing time the puck is in the zone or in the crease or whatever. You're getting outworked. They're, they're just, they always wind up with the puck one way or another, who, one way or another, if it's a Toronto, New York, or whoever. Toronto especially, though. It was, a, it was a mess. It kind of reminded me of Gophers versus Union a little bit, which scared me. So that's my frustrations there, just getting the puck frozen or out of the crease one way or another. It's just been a nightmare at the end of the day, and that's why the Wild lost Toronto big time. And, of course, other than just Toronto is just a better player, uh, has better players, that's for sure. And, again, I already told you who they remind me of with that. We'll take a quick break and preview only two games. So quiet week coming up, Calgary and Winnipeg. And we'll be playing Calgary again right after that. But that'll be previewed in the next week's show. And, well, we'll look at the prospects a bit as well. And we are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. We're going to look at a couple opponents here, Winnipeg and Calgary. Moving into 2019, we ring in the 2020, excuse me, we ring in the new year. Yeah, we ring in the new year. I've heard that one a million times. We don't play till Saturday, so a couple of days off for guys to recover and not be as frustrated, I hope. Looks like how many games going into next week's show? Three again. Calgary, Vancouver, Pittsburgh, and then ta, 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 ta. Wow, four after that. But then a huge, huge layoff, which I'll probably not even do a show. It's like a week and a half layoff there with All-Star break and uh, the bye week and such. Okay, Winnipeg, matinee. Matinee game, 1 p.m. Matinee game. Yeah. Last time we played the Jets, it was 6 nothing. <laughs> it was 6 nothing last time we played the Jets. <laughs> that was... Uh, that was fun. You know, I enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> Not. That was depressing. Uh, Winnipeg is up 2 nothing this year after we swept them 5-0 last year. That was amazing. Ended up being a meaningless season, which was super frustrating. 5-2 loss in Winnipeg way back on October 10th when the Wild were not playing well. Again, the Wilds played significantly better since early November, but a 6 nothing demolition in Exxon Energy Center. A little couple days before Christmas on the 21st. Now we play on Jan 4 in XL to wrap up the home side. Hopefully we can get a split in this series, win the next two games here. Uh, we play March 20th to wrap up that season series. Will Winnipeg wrap it up here? I, I hope not, but boy, it's back to being a tough, tough matchup for Minnesota. Wow, they beat Colorado recently. The Avalanche have struggled a little bit. Last five games, four. The four mentioned Winnipeg Jets. Again, they beat Minnesota 6 nothing. Three losses on a row to Montreal, St. Louis, and St. Louis. Home and away, back and forth battle there. St. Louis shut them down pretty good recently on the 29th. And then on New Year's Eve, a 7-4 victory over the Colorado Avalanche. Not bad. 
not bad. Winnipeg Jets, fourth place in the Central Division, eight games above 500. Uh, very strong season, generally speaking, even though it's, you know, it is what it is. They lead the league in penalty minutes. They have the worst penalty kill in the NHL. So I guess that's how you beat the uh, Winnipeg Jets is, well, <laughs> score on the power play, you know, take advantage of their, that's the reason why the Jets aren't a first place team because otherwise they're pretty solid. They're, it's funny, most of their most of their overall, you know, season stats are kind of mediocre. They've just won a decent amount of games. Like they're only 16th in goals, which isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. They're 12th in goals against, so it's more of a defensive-minded team with some definite offensive skill. The power play is right in the middle at 15th. But to have the worst penalty kill in the league, basically, um, I don't know. Uh, Hellebuck has definitely had a great season. Three shutouts, including the one versus Minnesota. That was the most recent. Save percentage, 92%. Goals point goals against, 2.60. Mark Steifel's got 44 points, over a point a game. Patrick Laney's been spectacular. Some great shots that devastated us. Kyle Connor, 38 points. So... <sighs> Their top six or so have just been unbelievable, generally speaking. Um, Allers, Wheeler, Wheeler, again, the all-time leading scorer now for the uh, Thrashers slash Jets. New Jets, boring logo Jets. <clears throat> boring logo Jets, yes. Uh, <laughs> 13 goals on the season. Kyle Connor, 20 on the year. I don't know. It's They're, they're very top-heavy because I think that's, that's basically what it is. Um, after the top five guys there, you have like 18, 14, 20, 13, and 16 goals. After that, it's like... You know, you get three goals, seven goals here and there, a couple of guys, and then it's like hardly much. So it's mostly a top-heavy thing, which is, I guess, on almost every team out there. Over the last couple, of, uh, last couple, of, uh, several years, you could say Anthony Botetto is still at four assists on the season, but he's he's been solid. He's been scratched a few games, banged up, blah blah blah. Ten, he's missed ten games on the season as Botetto, but he's been solid. He's been a solid workman for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. I'm sure, certainly better than he has been with Minnesota, but he does have 89 penalty minutes, or no, those are, uh, actually, his penalty minutes are, no, hardly anything, I'm looking at the wrong guy here, 21 penalty minutes on the season, I can imagine him getting in a lot of mistakes, but it's more of the dumb turnovers, and just, you know, not being up to the, just not being up to standards, so to speak, like he was with Minnesota last year, but all indications are he's having a very solid season for the Winnipeg Jets, and kind of surprising, I guess, kind of surprising, good for him, I guess. But they are the worst team in the league for penalty minutes and penalty kill. So, again, most penalty minutes on the season, which is not good, and the worst penalty kill. So it's kind of common sense. If you can frustrate this team, you might be able to get something going because their penalty kill is only 71.4%. Wow. So you're like, so teams are getting about 29% on them on the season. 28.5, basically. 28.6 on the season. Uh, Brossard has not been uh, not been a good backup goalie either. Three and a half goals against and a mediocre 4-4 four and four record. I'm surprised he even got four wins out of that. Out of nine starts out of Brossard. His goals against average, save percentage, all that have been pretty crappy. This is a very beatable team. I mean, if you can frustrate them, goat them into stupid penalties, who knows? Um, but, well, they're hanging on to the postseason at the moment, fighting everybody there. Uh, hard to believe Nashville is below the wild, but they are. Uh, but, well, I mean, everybody in the division has a winning record, actually. Central Division is very strong. Even Chicago has a winning record now, which is pretty impressive uh, at the end of the day, considering where they were not too long ago. Um, the Winnipeg Jets will play Toronto before they play Minnesota, so they'll play Toronto tonight. Two days before they play Minnesota, Wild will just be sitting and healing up, hopefully getting ready for the Winnipeg Jets. 
I don't expect Winnipeg to beat Toronto, but we'll see. I, 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 I don't. I think they're beatable right now, but they certainly beat the hell out of Colorado 7-4. to They've been playing very well on the road, actually, generally speaking. Uh, not in St. Louis, necessarily, but a very strong performance versus the uh, Colorado Avalanche and, of course, against Minnesota. 13 goals, respectively, in just two games there between Minnesota and Colorado. Insane numbers there. Um, boy, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, right now, this has been a crappy matchup. And it's a matinee, Minnesota. You know, they're kind of like the anti-Vikings. You know, the Vikings play better usually when it's like a, you know, a nooner, so to speak. This is one. So, yeah, early game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Wild have had a couple of good matinees, but generally speaking, we don't play well in these. And again, the way Winnipeg has dominated us, you hope we can go with them into penalties and come out and have a big game against them, but I, I'm not liking what I've been seeing this year. Winnipeg has just destroyed the Wild. I got a crappy feeling they might actually sweep us this year, but I mean, if you're going to win one, this is the one to do it. But right now, I'm going to pick Winnipeg over Minnesota. I'm going to pick Winnipeg over Minnesota, unfortunately. Uh, the only reason why we might win is you come back, like, obviously really pissed off with a weak effort versus Toronto and uh, show up and, again, frustrate the hell out of this Winnipeg team. I mean, Minnesota, when they're when, when we're focusing on our game, I mean, this is an, they're, they're, they're a damn good hockey team. The Minnesota Wild are a damn good hockey team when we're focused and ready to roll. That's the hope versus this Winnipeg Jets team. It's the last chance you have to play to beat them in Excel Energy Center. So you got to take advantage and get it done. Oh, God. I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth on this one. If this was a year ago, I would have picked Minnesota in a heartbeat. I would. But right now... Oh, boy, you got a back-to-back situation, don't we? See, that's the other crap, crappy part. You're going to see Dubnik versus Winnipeg, Stalock versus Calgary. That's probably a 99% chance that's how it's going to go. I am going to pick, and it's both in the XL Energy Center, so at least you don't have to travel to uh, Alberta in a day. So that's good. Um, I think the Wild lose to Winnipeg, unfortunately. I'm going to pick 4-2, to two, something like that. I think the Jets just continue to put the puck you know, in the, the back of the net. They have so many skilled players, and... I don't know. It's just been a very difficult matchup for Minnesota. 4-2 to two, Winnipeg. The most likely guy to score for Minnesota is going to be Fiala. Uh, Fiala. Kevin Fiala is going to score for Minnesota versus the Winnipeg Jets. Got a good feeling about that, but I don't know. I mean, if the Wild can get this team frustrated, because they obviously have, there's a lot of temper, temperament on this Winnipeg team. They get frustrated and their penalty kill is not good. That's the best way to beat the Winnipeg Jets. The Minnesota Wild power play has been hot and cold, hot and cold, generally cold the last multiple years now, unfortunately. So I just think it favors Winnipeg at the moment. Let's get on to Calgary here before uh, I take this too long. Obviously, it's a fun, entertaining matchup. That's why I went on and on and on with that team. I love the way the Wild played against Calgary last time around. You got 3 nothing. Wild are actually up you know, they're up in the season series. I think the Wild are going to win this season series one way or another if it's here in Excel Energy Center or on Jan 9th coming up as this series is going to wrap up real quick and we won't see the Flames again until the postseason, possibly. Possibly. We'll see what happens there. Obviously, if anything, though, both of us will be in the lower areas, unfortunately, if we do make the playoffs because Calgary is not playing like a first-place team anymore. They are 2-3 and three in their last five. They, yeah, those New Year's Eve games, I'm telling you. <laughs> Everybody plays on New Year's Eve in NHL. It's kind of funny. They beat the Dallas Stars. Very impressive. Again, very frustrating for some people about who hosted the uh, Winter Classic yesterday, but Stars easily beat Nashville at home in the old West. No, it's not even the West. It's the Southwest, kind of. 
Uh, it's kind of like directly south. Uh, but no, they beat Dallas 5-1 to one in Dallas. That's one of their most impressive wins of the year. Follow that up. The next night, obviously very tired, getting shut out by the Minnesota Wild. Poor effort there, but it is what it is. And Edmonton, Edmonton Oilers, wow, very impressive. Four days later on the road, 5-1. to one. Huh. And then you lose to Vancouver, 5-2. to two. Oof. And Chicago at home, both of them at home, 5-3. Five, five to three. So not a couple of good games there after crushing Dallas and Edmonton on the road. Very impressive. So Calgary's not been playing well at home. They've been playing better on the road, except in Minnesota thus far this season. <sighs> Boy, well, where do you go with the Calgary Flames here? Who's coming up for them? That was one thing that really was in the Wilds' favor was the back-to-back situation. Alex Stalock will be in net, so you'll finally see Stalock again. If the Wild put, if uh, Bruce Boudreau puts Dubnik in net again, big mistake, I think. Uh, there'll be three games between uh, Minnesota and Calgary coming up. Wow. So uh, between the, uh, where am I? Oh nope, nope, nope. That's the next one. Pardon me. Uh, three games. I was like, we're playing Minnesota, Chicago, and then Minnesota. No, no. Uh, they play the New York Rangers tonight, and then they wait for us. So. Different situation, definitely coming into this one. Calgary's going to score some goals, I'm sure. But generally speaking, they're just not as good as last year. They're not. They're only 22nd in goals for, 17th in goals against. Riddick's been respectable, but not great. Power play, 18th, but the penalty kill is outstanding. Outstanding, as they might say, even though uh, it's been good. Um, Fourth in penalty kill. Uh, They're 24th in penalty minutes. So... I'm actually getting something mixed up here. It looks like Winnipeg actually had the least penalty minutes. They have it all backwards. I apologize. So, yep, I see what's going on now. So, please forgive me there. I stand corrected. Winnipeg actually gives up the least penalty minutes. But when they are on the penalty, they're the worst. They have the worst penalty kill. Uh, Calgary gets a ton of penalty minutes, but their penalty kill is good. So, my apologies for the Winnipeg thing there. I deeply apologize for that. For somebody that might be frustrated with what I did there. But, you know... (laughs) <laughs> it's the way they word everything. They, uh, and it's like, I figured it's got to be, that did look like a low number to me. It did. Yeah, Calgary, 379. That's a lot. So they're pretty pretty rough there in the penalty minute situation. <laughs> Comparing these teams back and forth. Uh, Minnesota's 11th, so we're reasonable. We're in 11th place in least penalty minutes, just to drive everyone freaking crazy. So we're in the upper echelon there. Penalty kill for Calgary, way better than Minnesota, only 23rd. And power plays right right in the mediocre bottom third or so of the NHL. Uh, Calgary 18th, Minnesota 20th. We could go on forever. Minnesota's been a better goal-scoring team generally, but of course the last couple games, not so much. And while they're terrible in the goals against category, where Calgary's reasonable with, again, David Riddick and Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot was in net last time around. He was actually very good. Uh, he's brought his goals against average down significantly the past week or two. Uh, he was up in the threes not that long ago, and he's actually got a better goals against average than uh, David Riddick. The David Riddick, pardon me. Uh, and that's what happens when your starts are very limited, of course. You can bring your numbers down quickly. Riddick has two shutouts on the season, two seven eight goals against average, 17 and 10 on the season. Talbot has just been snake bit, even though he's put up decent numbers. Seven losses on the season in only uh, 10 games. So 10 starts, pardon me. So unfortunately for him, Matthew Tachuk is the all is the overall leading scorer for the Calgary Flames. Elias Lindholm has the most goals. Anybody's five-hole points behind Tachuk, generally speak. Tachuk adds the assists, physicality, everything. He's a very solid player, obviously. And we all know what happened with him in Dumba a year ago. Two young up-and-comers with Dumba and Tachuk. Dumba's a little bit older. 
Ah, frustrating. Derek Ryan, uh, boy, he, he he had a goal, but again, that was disallowed and ended up helping the Wild get the shutout. Uh, Milan Lucic is way down there, as you'd expect. The guy never scores. Hopefully he doesn't score against us. Michael Froelich was a was a trade partner, possibly, for Minnesota last year, Calgary. Uh, Jason Zucker trade, was it like a draft pick and Froelich coming our way, I believe. Um, good, solid players up and down the roster, but then here and there, you know, Again, they're kind of like they're they're like a worse Winnipeg in terms of their top heavy. Obviously, you got four guys who can score like crazy. Uh, Monahan, obviously, Monahan's a great player. Obviously, uh, the Chuck, Johnny Goudreau, Goudreau, pardon me, and Elias Lindholm again acquired from uh, the Carolina Hurricanes for Dougie Hamilton. Um, other than that, I mean, there isn't a whole lot going on other than Manjapani on the third line poking in eight goals on the season. That's the thing. Like Calgary, it's just the last year. It was it was their year. It really was their year last year. They might maybe even win the whole thing. And the way they got smoked by uh, Colorado in the first round, that was pretty devastating. It was a tough draw, too, though. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> Colorado barely making the playoffs last year sounds funny, considering how good they are this year. But clearly, the offense was all there. And then, they, you know, Goudreau was just starting to come into his own. And Colorado just beat up on that uh, Johnny Goudreau. And they, he couldn't do jack squat despite how good uh, Mike Smith played in that last year. Maybe that'll be Talbot this year. <laughs> Who knows? Cam Talbot's had some moments in this league. I, I like the Flames. I do, but uh, I'm not too hopeful they're going to make any type of run. I think it's the same old Calgary Flames again, where maybe they make the playoffs and lose in five games or something in the first round to a superior opponent. Not inferior, but superior. And last year, apparently, the Calgary or Colorado Avalanche were superior all along. It just it looked like it was Calgary's year last year. It really did. Them or uh, Tampa Bay. They were scoring goals at will. They made the Wild look like clowns over and over. So that's where the frustration came in. Calgary Flames to me, Minnesota Wild. I I mean, if we're going to lose to Winnipeg, I think we beat the Calgary Flames. I think we do. 3-2 to two type of game. Kind of a lower scoring type of game. But be, there will be goals, of course. Maybe we get 4-2 to two with an empty netter from, uh, you know, Suter or, or Eric Zanak or Cunning, something like that. The most likely guy to score in this game between Calgary, Minnesota, for Minnesota anyway, but I do think the Wild win, a solid one with uh, Alex Daylock. I think he'll turn it in a nice game. Maybe he'll face 31 shots, but end up stopping, you know, 29 of them, so to speak. Minnesota Wild end up winning 3-2, to 4-2, to two, depending on the empty netter. Only give up two goals in the game. Minnesota wins the game, and the most likely guy to score is going to be Luke Conan. I just keep seeing that name flash across my face right now. Uh, Luke Conan is going to end up scoring the goal at the end of the day, uh, and end up scoring maybe one of the big ones, uh, one of the game, maybe the game winner that puts the Wild up three to one, three to two, at the end of the day. We'll see what happens, but I think he's the most likely guy to score. And Minnesota ends up getting a split in a little two-game situation. Now let's jump to the prospects. And as per usual, we look at the Iowa Wild. They've been playing significantly better. They've been scoring goals, that's for sure, but they've been giving up goals as well. Unfortunately, Capo Kakinen's been giving up about four goals a game the past few days, but a couple of wins here for Capo Kakinen and a loss, 12-3-1 on the season. Kakinen, save percentage is down to 90 now. Goals against average, 2.67. Looks kind of like uh, David Riddick a little bit right now. Uh, just kind of in the middle, so to speak, and I've averaged, but we're seeing some scoring from Iowa, which we weren't seeing for a while. Sokolov adding a couple points, his sixth goal of the season and an assist recently. He added a couple of assists. Now he's at eight on the season, eight overall points on the year. Pardon me. Sam Honest has been unbelievable the past three games. Honest, seven points, seven points 
for Sam Mount. That's three assists on the 27th. Uh, he got a goal on the 28th and a goal on two assists, two assists, pardon me, on New Year's Eve. So very strong performance recently by Sam Honest, who, oh boy, again, I feel for the guy. He's 26 already. Man, we signed him like three years ago out of uh, Quinnipiac when they lost the national championship game. I like Sam Honest, man. I like Sam Honest. I do. I like him a lot. And man, I don't know. Was it Jason Zucker's injury? Damn it. You know, I want Sam Honest in the lineup. Give him a crack. Uh, obviously, Gerald Mayhew had some chances as well. He's got 19 goals. He's leading the way. He's been chipping in the points here and there. 29 points in only 38 games. Awesome performance. Kyle Rowell's been unbelievable as well. He's, he gets banged up a lot. He's missed games, but he's been on fire lately as well. 28 points now in 27 games. He's been uh, one of the stars of the team the past few weeks. Belpedio's chipped in a couple more here. Now he's at 13 overall on the season. A couple of uh, assists since the last show, and uh, Nico Sturm added his seventh goal. He's now at 13, bidden, bidden with nothing this week, but Menel added another three points here, a goal and two assists. He's now at 23 points on the season. Brendan Menel getting back and back, uh, rolling at the AHL level, unfortunately for him. I think he's an NHL player, but we're kind of stuck where we're at at this moment. Brendan Dunham also added a goal and an assist this past week, 12 points. So two points in three games for Brendan Dunham. Very solid effort from him. DeWeer added his uh, fourth assist, now seventh point on the season. So good for him in terms of, you know, again, chipping away. He's been on that, uh, he's been kind of hanging around the third, fourth line for the Iowa Wild. Connor DeWeer, who's obviously one of the younger players on the team by far. He's the leading scoring, he's the leading scorer among 20-year-olds per se. Everyone else is a bit older, <laughs> a little bit older per se ever since then. What's going to happen with Greg Pattern, I have no idea. Obviously, he's been kind of still hanging around, kind of in between Minnesota and Iowa thus far. The Wild in no rush to bring him back because we like the way Carson Susie's been playing, even though it's uh, it's the opposite side, per se. But again, I mean, guys like Brad Hunt, you know, Brad Hunt is, is a versatile guy who can play on both sides. He's been playing on his natural left side with Matt Dumba lately, and I, I think they've done a good job together. A couple of... Uh, Offensive players working together. They actually chipped in a couple points lately. So good for them in that sense. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, Iowa's been scoring goals now, so it's more exciting in that sense. You're seeing guys like Metal, Sokolov, you know, Belpedio adding a couple points to Heim. I mean, I'm, I'm happy about that. Again, the Heim from uh, Providence Friars. This would have been a senior season. Good, strong solid run for him so far this year. Nothing great, but he's been kind of third. He's, he's about what he is, like a third line kind of guy. Had a little bit of physicality here and there, and he can he can score a bit. Uh, chip in some points, pop, poke the puck in, whatever it is, but he's a solid player. Poke the puck in or add some assists here and there. I, I think DeHaim is a solid player. Again, uh, he'll be a bottom six player in the NHL, no doubt about it. And Sturm, Nico Sturm, obviously, again, he's a, he's a third or fourth line center in the NHL. But a, he'll be a damn good one. Yeah, maybe someday he'll go beyond that. But at this stage, I still see him as that bottom six guy. You know, but obviously a, a legitimate center, big, huge guy, physical, nice skill, nice skill. It sucks that he's 24 already. Man, that's crazy. But that's what happens with the college players at times. You know, you, you get them and they're already 22, 23. A couple of years later, boom. You know, they're already in their mid 20s. So time flies for some of these guys. Sucks to see Sam on his 26 and still. Still stuck in the AHL despite being awesome. So good for him, though, at the end of the day. Uh, Matthew Boldy 
Well, oh, I mean, and I want to congratulate the Minnesota Gophers. Hey, both Gopher teams. <laughs> Let's talk about Gopher hockey, though, for now. Gopher football, yeah, you know, just very brief for that one. But Gopher hockey, yeah, they won the Mariucci Classic this weekend. That was cool. End up beating the, uh, end up beating the Bemidji Beavers, Bemidji State Beavers, and end up beating St. Cloud, the St. Cloud State Huskies, and they won the Mariucci Classic. Got kind of a, uh, it almost looked like a stein, like a really tall stein glass basically is the uh, the trophy so cool they won something and that's nice and i'm not trying to be a jerk or be sarcastic with how the gophers have been the last couple of years again we're not quite vermont level but it feels like it it feels like it's it's our version of what vermont has been you know and vermont actually won their tournament didn't they or did they at least get to the final i can't believe it and of course miserly nothing again oh i feel bad about that guy i feel bad for him I'm not picking on him. I feel bad. I want him to succeed, damn it. Uh, Sam Henches got, added an assist during this weekend. He's now two points ahead of last year already and way less games played. He's got about 20 games to go to catch up. Sam Henches ended up with 45 points by the end of the season. Everybody's excited about him when it comes to, you know, whenever they talk about the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies, they're all, they're always like Minnesota Wild fans. Here's a guy you should be excited about, and that's Sam Henches. And I am excited about Sam Hatches. Uh, very excited about him. What a nice future he's going to have. I'm looking forward to seeing him at least in Iowa, if not the NHL, very, very soon. Uh, love what Sam Hatches is doing. He's only about, what, 20 years of age? He's still 19. He's 20. Uh, so in the summer, he'll turn 21. Uh, Alexander Kovanov, nice article about him in The Athletic. He's just been unbelievable. Uh, they're, on, they're on break right now. 53 points. And he's been playing in the World Junior Championships as well. That's what's really going on. That's why he's not been in the uh, Montcon Wildcats. Uh, six points in five games for the under-20 World Junior Championships for 2020. Awesome. Uh, two goals, four assists so far for Kovanov, who obviously is a playmaker in so many ways. Love Alexander Kovanov. He's going to get 100 points this year for the Wildcats as long as he hangs on and stays healthy and blah, blah, blah. What an unbelievable effort. And uh, great draft pick by Paul Fenton. A, a year ago. First off's been very strong as well. Vladislav first off again. Boldy still stuck at three points, but they didn't play this weekend. University of Connecticut, or last weekend, pardon me, University of Connecticut's Vladislav first off, only 18 years of age and strong, strong numbers generally. Uh, he's at about a, you know, he's on pace for maybe 20 to, 20 to 25 points for University of Connecticut. We'll see what happens there, but he's getting the job done. Good for him. So, of course, uh, again, Boston Boston College didn't play, so we don't need to look at them. They've been shut down the past few weeks with the, uh, again, the uh, whole, uh, you know, the Christmas break and such. Um, University of Minnesota Duluth, yeah, because obviously everybody's schedule was clean, but this weekend that's where Moscow encouraged a couple of uh, Minnesota clubs to join in the in the tournament this weekend. With uh, Was it St. Cloud beat... Uh, St. Cloud beat Minnesota State Mankato. That's why we played St. Cloud in the final game. That was cool. little four-game playoff there. Uh, Nick Sweeney's at almost a point a game now. He's up to 14 and 15 games. Very strong season for Nick Sweeney, adding on the assists more so at this point now compared to last year where he was kind of like Parisi out there putting more, getting more goals than assists, generally speaking. And again, Bryce Misley, they had a little tournament this weekend, and he still stuck at one point, one goal all season. Oh, Bryce Misley. Oh, Bryce Misley, you know, I am rooting for you, man. I am rooting for you. Come on, hat trick for Bryce Misley. End the frustration. Hat trick. Hat trick. Oh, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm not. I, I really, I, I feel for him. I can't imagine the frustration. 
Uh, Jack Stadick stuck at 13 points thus far. But the Allen Americans continue to kick butt, though. They've been one of the best ECHL teams. In, you know, in, yeah, they've been one of the best ECHL teams, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Nick Buka, again, he's not played for a while. He's been hurt, unfortunately. Only 20 games for him. He's missed uh, about 13 games on the season now, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, 13 games total on the season. Sadik has been strong and solid and didn't get any points added recently, but still solid overall performance. And Derek Bjarbo, who's been down to the ECHL, he's played a bit better than he had in the AHL. He's been very strong. But, well, that's what this is. This is double-A. So, double-A compared to triple-A with the uh, Iowa Wild overall. So, that's kind of it for now for looking at the prospects. Obviously, we know what uh, we all know about Kaprizov, and we're still waiting, and blah, blah, blah. Can't wait for April when he's eligible to come to Minnesota, and if Wild make the playoffs, we'll see Kaprizov. Uh, we'll see Kaprizov dressed up and skating for Minnesota on the left side. That'll be awesome. Uh, continued conversation about... Uh, Maybe the Wild trade Jason Zucker or whoever. He's probably the most likely guy to get traded because I don't see the Wild trading Fiala. That'd be, I think, a huge mistake at this point unless somebody offers us the moon. But, uh, you know, I don't see the Wild trading Fiala. I don't see the Wild trading uh, Greenway necessarily. It's probably going to be Zucker, but he's, he's out. You know, you got the broken fibula, so he's he's out about another month or so. So, uh, I, I don't know. It kind of is what it is there. We'll have to kind of wait and see how things turn out with uh, Zucker and the trade deadline and what Bill Guerin's truly thinking here. We'll see what happens when Bill Guerin makes his first legitimate NHL trade because it is coming. It is coming. He's hinted at it for a while. And, well, we'll see what happens. It's it's, it's going to have to come. It's going to have to happen if uh, Kirill Kaprizov is going to get legitimate, uh, you know, top six ice time out there. So with that said, that should about wrap it up. going to give the shout-outs here to the... Minnesota Wild Global, of course. Uh, let's start off with MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects. Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. Huge shout out to them. Again, uh, Pavel Bonnet, Justin Back, Merrick Skyba. Love you guys. You do a fantastic job on that page. I'm very proud to be an admin on there and to continue to give shout outs and talk about the same prospects you mentioned on the page and everything. You do a great job. Prospects of the week, this and that. Uh, Beckman was the one who was the prospect of the week recently. What an unbelievable week. I didn't even talk about him, and I deeply apologize. He's had a huge couple weeks here. Uh, what did he have, like eight points in two games? He's just been unbelievable. He's at 58 points in the WHL for the Spokane Chiefs. I apologize for not bringing this guy up. Last year, he was a little under a point a game. This year, he's closer to two points a game. So, again, dominating in these junior leagues here, WHL, Western Hockey League. For uh, Adam Beckman in this stage, uh, he's been freaking awesome. Another left winger, only uh, 18 years of age, drafted by Paul Fenton just last June. Little did Paul Fenton know he had like a month and a half remaining in his job. <laughs> kind of sad. It's it's sad and weird. Uh, Beckman, plus 25 on the season. He's been freaking awesome, and he was good in the postseason last year as well. So, but now he's at almost two points a game. Uh, you know, it's it's the juniors and all that, so you can't get super excited but you're encouraged. You're encouraged. If everybody's going to be doing super well in the juniors, hopefully they can translate a bit to the next level. AHL, uh, I got to hope, not ECHL. It's sad. You feel bad. I don't want to trash the ECHL because I'm sure there have been players going from the ECHL to the NHL. But it's 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 a it's a longer road. It really is. It's a it's a it's an uphill climb. It truly is. But uh, great thoughts there, Adam Beckman, definitely deserving the prospect of the week. He was awesome because Sam Honest is no longer a prospect. He's 26 years of age. He's a valuable young veteran call up at this stage. 
But uh, if Sam Onis, if, if it's the minor league player of the week, it's Sam Onis for sure. But prospect of the week, Adam Beckman. Absolutely. So thank you, MNW Prospects. Major shout out to them. And uh, thank you for having me on board. I love you guys. Um, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. Want to thank Vinrock Vince Germano for retweeting the most recent episode on there. Can't thank you enough for doing that out of Australia. Uh, passing it on to Australia. Australians, uh, there are Australians out there that like hockey, and I appreciate you guys very much that do. Benny Allen uh, has been a has been on Facebook off and on. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. There'll be a link to that in the show description along with the Twitter account and MNW Prospects, of course, on there, along with the email address that uh, so you can send audio submissions to. So, again, thank you guys so much uh, for the retweets and the shares and encouraging your friends to check out the show. Those of you that have all over the world, Daniel Allen and others, that have been kind enough to do that. Daniel Allen is the same person as Benny Allen. It's kind of Benny Allen's his nickname on the Facebook there. Um, with that said, <clears throat> let's get to the audio submission. I'd like to hear your voice with mine at some point. It'd be great. It'd be great to hear from you if you could do this. Simply use the uh, free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Click on it. Click record. Talk. Treat it like a uh, phone call. Hit stop, save it, and send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. Again, that information will be on the show description. So for spelling and copy and paste and all that, so you'll be ready to go send it to, to that email address. I'll then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to ZamzaraConverto.com. Love those websites providing that free service. So I'm more than happy to give them a free plug. With that said, <clears throat> that should be about it, other than if you could write a Positive rating on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. If you could do that, I'd greatly appreciate it. Nice five-star rating. Tell me what you like about the show. Even if you like something improved, you're more welcome to do that as well. Gotta thank you very much. I'll give you a major shout-out and a thank you on air if you're able to do that. I'd love to hear from you one way or another. It only helps boost the show's rating on on Apple Podcasts. If Google Podcast has it, if you could do that. Stitcher, other 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 uh, uh, publications that, that uh, the RSS feed might lead to. Thank you again in advance. Uh, Google Play Music, this and that. Uh, thank you guys so much again. Please tell your friends about the show. God bless you, and uh, hopefully the Minnesota Wild can have a two and a week, or at least a decent one in one week versus Winnipeg and Calgary. Talk to you then, and go wild. Mm-hmm.